anyway, we really want, if this is your first time at Fellowship of Champions, there are some things you should know. We really are a teaching ministry. And what that means is we don't just want people to be excited about the word. What we want you to do is to be able to do the thing that changed our lives, which is to be able to take the word and practically apply it to your life. So what you're going to see is you're going to see that there are going to be times that we we teach the same scripture over and over again. We teach the same points over and over again. Why? Because we don't despise repetitive teaching and repetitive teaching is how you change your life. And we talked about this last week. We are not talking about memorization. So put that in the comments. It's not about memorization because especially in America where it's where a school, a lot of school is about memorization. Mm -hmm. People think that because they have memorization, they have mastery. Mm -hmm. And we've all taken a test of information we thought we memorized. And in a pressure situation, we couldn't apply it. We don't want you not to be able to apply. Or even if we could apply it in one situation, but because we didn't really learn it, we couldn't apply it in another situation. Exactly. Exactly. We don't want you to live that way. What we want, the Bible says in 1 John, people always ask us, why is our church called Fellowship of Champions? 1 Corinthians 15 and 57 says, thanks be to God who has given us the victory in Christ Jesus. That means you're a champion. Romans 8 tells us he made us more than conquerors. That means that God has equipped us with everything we need to be able to win in life. But hear me, guys, if you just memorize scripture or if you just enjoy shouting and all of those different things, when life comes to prayer, you, you are not going to be able to sustain. You're not going to be able to overcome and you're going to be surviving when Jesus actually died. He got up so you could get up and live the abundant life. So I'm going to pray. And then Pastor Ellen did these four components because we were talking about meditation and then we're going to move through this pretty quickly today, or at least we're going to try to, we're going to try to move this through this pretty quickly. Right. So while we're praying, bring a friend in because listen, we don't just want you to go to church and we don't just want you to shout and we don't just want you to regurgitate information. We want you to be able to take this information and use it in your day-to-day life when life is happening to you. So instead of life dominating you, you start dominating life because that's what champions do. All right. Most gracious heavenly father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You are amazing. You are wonderful. You are terrific. You are good. You are kind. You are gracious. And we love you so much. And today we come to celebrate Resurrection Sunday as this Sunday reminds us that Jesus got up with all power in his hand, that when they thought it was over, the Bible says, if they had known, they would not have crucified our Lord, but they did. And because of him, we can stand here boldly as your children, not just reconciled and on our way to heaven, but with authority and dominion and freedom from sin and its consequences. Now, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're going to come and illuminate this word today and you're going to help us because you said anytime we can see, hear and understand, we should be converted and we will be healed. So we thank you that our eyes are anointed to see and our ears are anointed to hear and our mouth is is anointed to speak the word and our heart is open to receive the word and we will never be the same today. We take your word by faith and we declare there will be signs, wonders and miracles. There will be supernatural breakthrough. There will be restoration and deliverance and we will never be the same again. And we believe it in Jesus name. And as we say at Fellowship of Champions, somebody is going to be blessed today. It's It's going to be me. It's me. Amen. Amen. It's going to be me. Amen. Amen. So listen, we've been talking about, you know, getting ready to talk about 
uh, power and authority that belongs to us for several weeks now, right? Because yes. we started this uh, in the month of February when we started talking about the power in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I love how it transitioned because it transitioned right from there being power in Jesus's name and all the things that he did uh, to, to obtain all of that power mm -hmm. uh, and from the enemy and then how he shared it with us and it led right up into uh, where we are today, which is Resurrection Sunday, right? Yes. And that is that is the um, I, I guess the pinnacle or the culmination point of when we see that Jesus then shows back up on the scene after everybody thought he was gone, thought he was done, thought it was thought, thought it was dead, thought it was over with, and he shows back up. And so that same power and authority belongs to us. And then we started talking about that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we really just kind of hung out for a bit in Colossians two. Uh, Colossians 2, 11 through 15, we just kept reading it over and over and over and over and over. And so I'm going to read it real fast. I won't, we won't go through it, through it, but we'll read it just so the people can see it who may not have seen it. Here's what it says. It says, through our union with him, talking about Jesus, we have experienced circumcision of our heart. All of the guilt and power of sin, it has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, uh, has accomplished for us. Mm -hmm. It says, for we have we for we've been buried with him uh, into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were then raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. Mm -hmm. So we know that he was raised. So that is the scripture says, if we believed in that, then that same power that got him up is available to us. Amen. It says the power that raised him from the death realm, uh, this realm of death describes our former state, our sinful state, right? For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death. Praise mm -hmm. God. It says never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sins. This is an Easter message right here. <laughs> it says he canceled out every legal violation that we had on our record and that old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, it says it has been erased. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there. It says, as a public display of cancellation. And then verse 15, it says, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all of the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all of their spiritual authority. It says, and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. And we just we we just couldn't move on <laughs> for two whole weeks. We just stayed in that vein, just trying to what we call milk that scripture for everything that it, that it has. And we we're know we can't moving on now because I'm just not going to say because because you're not going to say anything. Say and, anything. And so, but then we started talking about, though, OK, because we asked the people, we said, spend a week. Just on these five, four, five scriptures here in Second, Second Coloss in, in Colossians uh, two, eleven through fifteen. Mm -hmm. Just, just stay right here, and we were posting different stuff, and people were responding. And then uh, we started talking about, okay, 
we know that the word tells us to meditate on it, yes. right? But but if you don't know what meditation is, yes. if someone tells you to meditate, you're not really sure what to do, even yes. if you're doing something. That's right. And so we came back and we started talking last week uh, and we started with Joshua 1 and 8 because I thought it was such a great scripture uh, to demonstrate these four components of meditation. Yes. Because Joshua says to him in Joshua 1 and 8, he says, this book of the law. And we know when he made that statement, uh, when this statement was being made, they were talking about those first five books of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. what we call the Pentateuch, right? Mm -hmm. So it says, this book of the law shall not depart out of their mouth. So if something's not going to depart, that means you got to be saying it over and over and over. Yes. He says, but thou shalt meditate therein. How often? Day and night. Why? So that thou mayest observe. Now, if you're going to observe something, he's not talking about looking at it. He says that you could understand it. So to understand something means it's got to get on the inside of you. Yes. He says that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. He then says, for then, when then. you do these things he's then. talking about, then thou shalt make thy ways prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And so then last week, we started talking about these four key components that are necessary for meditation. They got them on the screen for you. Yes. They are, they are verbalization. Because yes. he says it's not going to stop coming out of our mouth. Yes. It's visualization because we talked about the power of imagination. Uh, and then it's internalization. I got to observe it. Right. And then it's repetition. I got to do it day and night. I got to yes. do it over and over. And so these were the four things that we really kind of just this is about as far as we got last week. And we were just talking about these four key components. And you may want to say something about why those four key components are important or what you got out of it. I had several people reach out to me and talk about it. I, I don't know if you did or I not. I did. I had lots of people. Okay. So you may want well, to share some of that. Think here. about this. The Bible tells us it says, how does faith come? Yep. Faith it says comes faith by. comes by Hearing, hearing and, and hearing, hearing and hearing and hearing, hearing. <laughs> and hearing infinitum, right? right? Never at, stop at hearing, right? Infinitum. It means to hear, faith comes by hearing. So my faith is going to be in whatever I hear the most. Because it means to hear without ceasing. Right. So I'm always hearing. So my faith, yep. what I have confidence in, yep. whether I believe in healing or yep. sickness, yep. whether I believe in anxiety or peace, yep. whether I believe in freedom or bondage yep. is going to be determined by what I hear. Absolutely. Right. It says so then faith comes by hearing. Well, then if you look at the prayer of salvation or what we take the prayer of salvation from in Romans 10, it tells us you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth to be saved. Mm -hmm. That word saved means to be delivered. Yep. Right. So this isn't just how we get saved. This is how we walk in deliverance in every area. He says, here's how you're going to get delivered. You're going to find out what I have to say about a subject. You are then going to put it in your heart so you can verbalize mm -hmm. it, so you can say it over and over again. So Pastor Sean, are you telling me that while I still don't have any money in my account, I'm going to begin to say that God supplies all of my needs? Absolutely. Yes. Are you telling me that while I'm still caught up in fornication, sexual sin, pornography, that I'm going to begin to say that I have been set free? Absolutely. Absolutely. While I am in the midst of my sin, I am going to begin to speak the word that begins to call me out of the place that I'm in. Yep. I'm going to verbalize it. Yep. When As I begin to verbalize it, then now I'm going to visualize it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to begin to visualize my life days without anxiety. Yes. I'm going to begin to visualize my life being able to get up out of the bed and not be in pain. I'm going to begin to visualize my life being able to say no when he called yep. me at 2.30 in the morning. Yep. 
I'm going to visualize myself doing what I couldn't do before. I'm going to literally use the word of God to shift me where I am factually into the truth of what God has said about me. Now, the more I verbalize and the more I visualize, I'm going to begin to internalize. What happens a lot of time for believers is that we are controlled by outside forces. Mm -hmm. So we do the right thing when we're with the right people. Mm -hmm. We do the right thing when we're in the right circumstances. But if we'll verbalize and if we'll visualize, then we'll begin to internalize. And then now I'm not making certain choices because I'm afraid to go to hell. I'm not making certain choices because I'm afraid my pastor go find mm-hmm. out or my mama go find out. I'm not making certain choices because I do not identify as that. Now, I want to talk about internalization from this standpoint. I use this example a lot. Research says that when people that a lot of people say that they smoke because they're stressed. Mm-hmm. Right. So how many of you have ever been stressed before? Yep. I've been stressed before. Right. Yep. I've never smoked because I was stressed. Right. Right. Here's why. Because it's not the stress that makes someone smoke. It's that you identify as a smoker that causes you to smoke. Because I have I have overeaten or eaten things I shouldn't have when I was stressed, not because I was stressed, but because I identified as the person who loves sweets when I get stressed. And so because that's how I identified is how I showed up. You know, when we talk, when you talk about verbalization, the reason verbalization is so important is because it's really just the spoken expression of a thought. So, you know what it is that's going on inside of you by what you're saying. It can be your litmus test. You can check yourself what you're saying. Whatever you're saying, that's what's happening on the inside of you. Absolutely. And so because so you, 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 we like sweets when we Mm -hmm. get stressed, right? Mm -hmm. Other people don't eat when they get stressed. Other people sleep when they get stressed, right? right? Right. And the reason that you do that is because that is how you identify Mm -hmm. yourself because that is what you have been meditating on. Now, let's use use sweets as an example. You get stressed and your thoughts begin to say, man, I deserve that brownie fudge Mm -hmm. Sunday from out there. Mm Let's go get one of those brownie fudge Sundays yeah, from Outback, absolutely. right? Because I can see myself eating that brownie fudge Sunday from Outback because that is what I believe I deserve in exchange for my stress. Yeah. So you smoke because that's what you believe you yeah. deserve in exchange for your stress. Yes. You sleep because you believe you curse people out yes. because that's what you believe you deserve in exchange for your stress. So what the Bible tells us it becomes our responsibility to do is to find a word. We now use that word to reconfigure our own identity. The word is not designed to change other people for us. It's designed to change us so that now we did this during the pandemic, right? And when we felt stressed, we would go walk. Yep. We went from going, mainly because we couldn't get there, right? We couldn't go to (laughs) Outback, right? right? But we started, when we felt stressed, we would go walk. And then what has happened over the last year is that we begin to lose weight because instead of becoming people Mm -hmm. who went and got something sweet when we felt stressed, we became people who said, let's just walk to the church. The Mm -hmm. church is about a mile. We're walking there and back is about a mile. Let's just walk to the church, right? So if you don't 
So what happens for a lot of people, which is why I thought this is so powerful, what happens for a lot of people is that, yes, you really love Jesus. No one is doubting that you really love Jesus. It's what you mentally verbalize. It's what you verbalize and what you visualize and what you internalize through repetition that is causing how you show up. And some of the stress that many people have, it is your, you, you are frustrated because you're like, I do love Jesus. Jesus, but why can't I stop doing this behavior? Mm-hmm. I do love Jesus, but why do I keep getting drunk every weekend? Mm-hmm. I do love Jesus, but why do I keep cussing my husband out? It is because of what you're verbalizing and what you're visualizing and what you're internalizing and doing repetitive. So you really got to hear this, guys. You can't just, which is why we gave you the assignment to meditate on mm-hmm. the scripture over and over again. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go from being a person who cusses people out every time you get upset to being a person who is able to manage your thinking feeling cycle just because you come to church and you make a declaration and say, I manage my mind. You're going to do it because you begin to verbalize. You begin to say, I am responsible for me no matter what anybody else does. I do not have to curse people out just because I'm upset. Now you begin to visualize when people do certain things that you respond the appropriate way, that you respond the right way. And you begin to do that until you begin to internalize. And instead of getting your relief from cursing people out, you get your relief from doing the thing that God would have you to do and how you respond. And you have to do it through repetition. And the reason you have to do it through repetition, I said this last week, repetition is a learning aid. Mm -hmm. Anybody who does anything successfully, they have done a lot of repetition. You look at some of the world's best athletes, right? Some of the world's best people in in the arts and entertainment, the best orators, right? Anybody who is top of their field, they didn't do it once or twice. They didn't do one or one. You know, Tiger Woods is one of the best golfers they say that's ever ever been a golfer, right? You know how many times he's practiced that swing? You know how much muscle memory he's had to commit to that? How many coaches he's had to tweak that? Well, that's the same thing when it comes to the word. It's the reason why you can't get bored when you when you say, well, I already read Colossians 2, 11 through 15 last week. Well, read it again because there's going to be something else you're going to be able to pull out of that. And, and repetition is one of those key learning aids. And that's the reason that, jo- that in Joshua 1 and 8, he says, meditate on it. Day and night. Now, it didn't mean not to be conscious of anything else. He was stressing the importance of how often we ought to be uh, positioning ourselves about that which we are concerned about. And he says, if you want to have good success, you ought to be concerned about the instructions in these first five books in this book of the law. He says, and you need to be so concerned about it that what's in the book, you don't let it stop coming out of your mouth. You need to be so concerned about it that you meditate on it day and night. He says, you need to be so concerned about it that you see yourself in this word so that you can internalize and it becomes who you are. He says, and then after all that, keep doing it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. He says, and then you will find yourself having good success. And so when you're repeating the scripture though, that's where we gave you these meditation Mm -hmm. steps, right? Because we don't just want you reading the scripture and confessing the scripture. We now want you looking at the scripture saying, what would it mean in my life? What does it mean in my life for Jesus to have made an open show of principality? I begin to look at the things that are dominating me and I begin to see 
myself standing on top of them instead of them standing on top of me. That is how we get to freedom. Now, this goes right into Hebrews 2, where Hebrews 2, it tells us Hebrews 2, verse 1, and then verses 14 through 18. It says, this is why it is so crucial. So crucial. It is crucial. Yes. Do you want to live in victory? Yes. Do you want to live as an overcomer? Do. do you want to live a life that pleases God? Absolutely. Do you want to stop having to get ask God to forgive you for the same stuff over and over yes. again? Then it is crucial that we be more engaged and attentive and attentive to the truths that we have heard yep. so that we don't drift off course. Now, that was why it was so important last year, two years ago, where you talked about alignment, right? Where you talked about alignment. Why? Anybody who's ever driven a car, anybody who has ever had a bike, you know that anything that you have, it can get out of alignment. You often tease me that when we walk together, that I walk over into you on no matter what side you're on. It's really because I want to be close to you, though. That's really what it is, right? (laughs) But what happens is, is that you can drift off course. And if you don't give the word your attention every day hear me believer you are drifting off course and the reason you're drifting off course is because you're not in a vacuum and what i mean by that that's good if you were in a vacuum there would be nothing pressing against you there will be nothing coming against you but you live in a world where there are always external pressures there are always external things that are coming to, to 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 exert its force or its will against you. So if you are not paying attention to the word, if this is the if this is the course that you're on, right, and you're walking down that course and you're not paying attention and being specific about staying on course, before you know it, you just get to drifting and drifting and drifting, and before you know it, you're totally off course. Why? Because you're not living life in a vacuum. We live in a, in a world where there is sin, there is problem, there there are, there are issues, there are there are circumstances beyond our control. And if we're not careful, those things will exert their force against us and we will become off course if we're not exerting the word against those things. That's so good. That's why we say all the time your environment is always always working working on you. And many of you, I want you to hear this. Somebody ought to type that. Your Your environment environment is always always working working on you. you. And this is why it's so important who you spend time with. Mm -hmm. This This is why me and Chris, several years ago, we made a covenant agreement. We do not allow ourselves to be close friends with people who don't value the word. Why? Because hear me, hear me. Some of you ain't gonna like this. If you, let's take marriage. Let's take it away from the word, okay? Let's say I'm married to him and I am. And let's say that my best friend is a serial adulterer. Mm -hmm. She's always cheating on her husband, Mm -hmm. right? Now, what happens is is that if I don't guard my environment, I may start off telling her that she's wrong. I'm not saying I'll ever commit adultery, but what will happen is that I will be desensitized mm-hmm. to her behavior. Mm-hmm. And before I know it, what I used to say, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know, that's wrong. I'll just be like, well, you know, everybody cheats sometimes. Mm-hmm. And some of you don't realize that because of the. Or, or you'll start to say, well, I understand her situation. I understand her and then situation. Then you start to justify oh, God. why sin is okay for certain people and certain things. Then you get desensitized to it. So what you used Ooh. to, what you used to see is abhorrent and wrong on every 
every level, now it ain't so bad because you understand the particulars. And that's why people get drifted off course Ooh, from what's right and wrong. That's so good because what happens is, is that I, be, I go from saying it's wrong because mm -hmm. the Bible says it's wrong mm -hmm. to saying, but that's my friend. Mm -hmm. And her husband, he don't really treat, don't her, treat right. her right. And he don't do her right. And all right? of that may be true. And that may be true. But, it but her adultery is still a sin. It's still a sin. And so it says we will drift off course. So we hang with people. <clears throat> Here's a, excuse me. Here's a what? <clears throat> Here's a good example. You know, if you grew up like we did at our age, then you know we listen to a lot of gangster rap. Yep. If you get in your car and you start listening to gangster rap, you're going to get desensitized. And before you know it, you won't be off course. I don't know. I got a little frog. Take, take, take some water. <laughs> Go ahead. You can talk for a second. No, the reality of it is, is what you're saying is absolutely true. And it, it happens to so many people that they will see, they will know something is wrong, but because of a close relationship that they have with someone who is doing something wrong, come on, they won't call that thing out in order to save the relationship. And then what happens is they don't realize it, but because you didn't take a stand for what was right or wrong, now you, it's not that you necessarily go out and do it yourself, but you no longer see it in the same vein. And that is how the that is how the body of Christ has allowed some of the things in the body of Christ that we all know based on scripture is wrong, but we allow it because our loved ones was involved. Yes. And we couldn't, we didn't want to, we didn't want to, we didn't want to throw our loved ones away. But, but, but telling someone that something is wrong based on scripture is not throwing them away. You can love someone if, if you, you love me, but, uh, but if you, but if you found out that I'm out there doing something I shouldn't do this, it doesn't mean you don't love me because you say to me, Hey, that's wrong. That doesn't represent Christ. And I think what happens is we get to this whole thing about how we don't want to judge nobody. You know, you say it all the time. Uh, people be like, well, you know, only God, God can, can judge me, me. but, but, say, but the, Bible doesn't, the Bible doesn't say that. Tupac, Tupac said, that. said that. That's how I know you don't know the difference between your Bible and rap lyrics, because Tupac but, but, said but a, that. But a wrong is a wrong. And you know, I tell people all the time, a wrong is wrong even if Edwin's doing it. Even if Sean is doing it. <laughs> and I think that this is so important because the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be light and we're supposed to be salt in the earth, right? I love what Clarissa's comment just said. She said, once you become familiar with the sin, it becomes less sinning. That's true. It becomes That's less true. sinning. So I'm a I'm a Paul that this lady over here is cheating on her husband, yeah. but it's cool because it's my girl yeah. and I know her situation. Yeah. And so we don't want to make sin less sinning. And for those of you who don't think, I love Chris just said it. She says as believers, we're supposed to hold each yeah. other accountable. Yeah. Well, the Bible actually tells us that when we see someone in sin, go research it. It doesn't tell us we aren't supposed to say anything. Right. It says we're supposed to restore yeah. each other in love. Yeah. That means that if you see me in sin, you turning a blind eye is something that doesn't please God. But here's the thing, and here's where the, all the, the enemy works in condemnation, right? If he can get me drifting off to the course, Yep. Right. Then I don't even feel like I have the ability to say to someone else that they're drifting off the course. But here's what my grandma used to say, because we used to have some drunk grandma, in our neighborhood. My, grandma used, to say my grandmama used to say, if a drunk tell you not to get drunk, it's still right, it's still even right. if they tell you why they drunk. That's right. Now, so the reality <laughs> right. of it is, is the other thing that we've got to yeah. do is stop getting offended because someone who we don't perceive to be perfect is telling us that something is wrong yeah. because our standard, hear me, believers, 
our standard of right and wrong is not based on who's doing it. Yep. Our standard of right and wrong is based on the word of God. And I say this all the time. You laugh at me at home. I say the truth of it is, is that many of us would rather offend God than the people we love. We would rather sit in situations and not call out behavior and not say that things are wrong. And then what we do, here's the manipulation. You dress it up in love. But I just want to say this and then I'm going to let the pastor take us wherever he want us to go. But I want to tell you this. When Jesus, when the woman at the well, not the woman at the well, 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 let's use her and then let's use the other woman. When Jesus, the woman at the well, Jesus actually told a woman in a very nice way she was a hoe. Yeah. Now, he actually told her, he said, you got five husbands and the one, he said, you've had five husbands and the one you got now ain't your own, right? He didn't beat her up for he it. He also didn't tell her it was okay to stay where right. she was, right. Right? right? Now, when the woman is caught in adultery, Right. He doesn't let the people stone her, which is the punishment she should get. He also doesn't say because of grace, go back to Mr. Jones house. What he says is go and sin no more. So the reality of it is, is that as a born again believer, especially as your pastors, I don't know what the rest of the folks go tell you. It is our responsibility. And I think people don't take this, don't understand this. We will give an account one day before the Lord. Yes, we will. We will give an account for the Lord over the lives we have responsibility over. So we cannot allow our love for anyone. We cannot allow our familiarity with anyone, even with each other. We have to hold each other accountable. And I also want to say this. No one likes to be corrected. Everybody put that in the comments. Sure. No one likes to be corrected. And so what happens is we use this thing, be correct, correct them in love, correct them in love. Let me tell you something. Anytime you are being corrected about something you don't want to be corrected about, it never feels like it's love. It's never going to feel it's like It's never going to feel like love. It's ne- That's why when you tell your kids to clean their room or take the trash out or do this or do that, they, 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 when they, especially when they're younger, it's like they, they feel like you don't love them because they equate love with just being nice and doing everything for me. But the Bible tells us explicitly that God chastens those whom he loves. He chastens. In other words, in that word chasing doesn't mean to beat them down. It means to, ch- to, to give them wisdom, insight and correction. So he, the Lord himself the, the indication that he tells us that we're doing something wrong and he wants us back on track is the indication that he loves us. And the reality of it is I want to encourage you. If you've gotten to the point where you turned off God's voice so that you can hear him correct you, you need to repent for that because yeah. that's a dangerous state to be yeah. in. If you like, I think that this is important because so many times with the Holy Spirit, everybody's everybody only hears the Holy Spirit say, you're amazing. You're going to be a millionaire. You're about to level up. This is your season and this is your time. But this Bible tells us, according to John 15, that he's going to prune us. So literally, he says to you, he says, you're about to go to the next level and you need to work on your attitude. That is how God deals with us. Because hear me. I need you to hear me. God has no interest in making you a better you. He didn't, Jesus did not die to make you a better you. 
Jesus died so we could reflect the image of the father. Mm -hmm. The standard is not that Sean Strickland in college used to cuss people out and now she doesn't cuss people out. The standard is, do I look like Jesus? And I need you guys to begin to ask yourselves because part of this thing about dominion and authority is that you ought to look like Jesus. I don't mean you look like Jesus because you're walking around with some sandals and some long hair. (laughs) I'm talking about that your response to the father is whatever you say to me, that's what I do. And whatever you say, that's what I say. Literally, that's what Jesus said. They asked Jesus how he does all the stuff that he does. You laughing at me? Well, I, I just, I'm, I had, a, you know, I'm a visual person. So when you said walking around in sandals, I was thinking somebody walking around in them Jerusalem sevens, That's them, <laughs> <laughs> them sandals or something. Is this helping you guys? Because understand that we're we didn't get off authority. We're still talking about yeah, authority yeah. because this is what Jesus did. The Bible says in Philippians that though, even though Jesus was equal with God. He did not count it robbery to humble himself and he obeyed even to the death. Now, Jesus's obedience was to the death of the cross. Okay, your obedience, my obedience is going to be to the death of my flesh. And, and, And here's the thing. I think sometimes when we're talking like this. I know because people have told before, they they feel like this is so hard to do, right? Mm. And I think it's the the reason I think people think that sometimes is because they're thinking about doing it in their own ability. Come on. That's why it's difficult to do. Everything we're talking about would be hard to do in in our own ability, in our humanity. But even when we were were going through Hebrews 14 through 18, I think it's around the 18th verse near the end of that, there's a statement that he says, he says, He suffered and endured every test and temptation. Yes. It says he suffered and endured every test and temptation so that he can what? Help us every Every time time we pass through what? The ordeals of life. So Jesus came, because this is Resurrection Sunday. Jesus came and died on the cross. He went to hell and took all of the captives captive. He took them captive, right? He took the keys, came back, presented himself as the son of God, and then said, now the same power and authority that got me out of the grave, because I like that Jesus didn't say he got himself out. He said the same power and authority got me out of the grave. I now give it to you. Well, why did he go through all of that? Well, the scripture says he suffered and endured every test and every temptation. What does that mean? It means every test and every temptation, mankind as a whole, from beginning to end, will ever see or ever suffer, ever grow through. He went through all of those simultaneously and came out victorious. Why? So that he, Jesus, can can help help us. us. How often? Every Every time. Somebody say every time in the comments. Every time. Every time we pass through what? The ordeals of life. Whatever trial or temptation comes our way, Jesus is there to help us. And if you know the power in his name and you know that he gave you that power, then you know that as a believer, you now have the power and the authority to successfully navigate every trial, temptation, situation, circumstance, or ordeal that comes your way. 
That is why I get excited. That's the That's reason beautiful. that I say, you know what? Yes, we can do this because we're not doing it in our own humanity. You don't and have our to do it power. by yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself, guys. You, 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 but you have to let this become real. This word becomes a lie. Every Everybody time. say every time. <laughs> every time. So that means. Every time you're faced with the, th the thought to cuss somebody out, every time, every time Jesus knows how to navigate. Because he knows what you know, he wanted to cuss them Pharisees out. Okay, don't get it twisted. As crazy as they was talking to him, you know, he wanted to cuss but them he out, the test. but he passed the test. Now, what the grace of God is going to do, what the authority of God is going to do, is give us the ability to pass the test. Yes, but if we don't put this word in our hearts and we don't verbalize yep. and we don't visualize and we don't internalize through repetition, then what happens is that when we are in the midst of the test, that's, that's the reason that believers say things like the teacher is silent during the test. God is never silent during no, the test. No. During the test, God is saying the answer is A. The answer is A. The answer is A. He's, right? He's literally giving us the answers, right? He is the cheat code. The Holy Ghost yes. is the cheat code. Yes. And what we have to do, Philippians tells us this, it says that Jesus humbled himself. Part of being in authority, under authority, is humbling myself. Mm -hmm. This is the thing we have had to learn. I don't care how smart I am. Mm -hmm. I am never smarter than the enemy. Never. And I am never smarter than God. Never, never, ever. So what happens is that we begin to think more highly of ourselves, drifting off course. Mm -hmm. I can manage this. Mm -hmm. I can handle this. This isn't a big deal. This doesn't matter. And what the enemy does is he comes in and he deceives us because the Bible says we're only drawn away by the lust of our own flesh, mm -hmm. right? So he looks at us. He looks at what's in us. He knows what we have the propensity to do. He knows our desires. He knows what we love. And he uses those to get us to drift off course. So if we will say, I'm going to be like Jesus, what I'm going to do is I'm going to simply say what God has told me to say. I'm going to keep it real simple. I'm going to keep it real simple. I'm going to say what he told me to say, and I'm going to do what he told me to do. And when I realize I have gotten off course, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to get mad at you because you called me out. I am going to adjust because I want to live in victory, right? Yeah. Because the reality of it is, and the Pharisees actually said this to Jesus right here, he, when they were accusing him of casting out demons mm -hmm. by, de by, by Beelzebub, mm -hmm. he says, hey, demons don't cast each other out. Right. So in reality, if I allow rebellion to operate Ooh, in my good. life, that's if good. I allow rebellion that's to good. operate in my life, mm -hmm. there is not a demon in hell that has to listen to that's me. That's right. If I allow rebellion and disobedience and dishonor to operate in my life, even though I got all of this authority and with the name of Jesus. And I think I, I really want y'all to hear this, guys. You can't call on the name of Jesus like it's a magic coin, right. like it's a magic formula, like it's a genie right. while you stand in rebellion. Yep. You can't do it. Yep. You don't have the authority yep. to cast it out. Second Corinthians 10 tells us, it says, after we have submitted our own self through obedience, we can deal with the disobedience. Mm -hmm. So think about it like this. When I submit my, okay, sickness, poverty, 
um, anxiety, none of that stuff. It should be in our lives right. as believers, right? right? Right. When I have submitted myself to the authority of God, yep. I now have the authority to tell that disobedient thing to get in my out of my life. It's as a born again believer, it's in my life through rebellion. Mm -hmm. It is disobeying God by mm -hmm. being here. But my obe my disobedience gives it permission to stay. Mm -hmm. So when I become obedient. When I come into yeah. obedience, then now what happens for me is I now can say to poverty, you don't belong here. Yeah. I can say to sickness, you don't belong here. Yeah. I can say to anxiety, I, you don't belong here. But slapping in Jesus name on something right. while I practice rebellion won't let me operate in authority. So we have to pull on Jesus. Yep. We have to pull on who we are in Christ and the power that has been made available to us. So we've got a hump. Everybody say this. Humble yourself and just obey. Mm, humble yourself and, and just, just obey. obey. But again, I go back to Hebrews 2 and 1 just to read it one more time. Come on. It says, this is why it is so crucial that we be all the more engaged, right? And attentive to the truths that we have heard so that we, we do, do not, not drift, drift off. off course. And the enemy wants us to drift off course because what he wants us to do is he wants us to be one, either ignorant of the fact that we have power and authority vested in us through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, or he just wants us to be oblivious to it and not use it when, when, when we have the opportunity. And so one of the things we talk about when we talk about the authority of believer, you know, this authority is not reserved to the fivefold ministry. Yes, it's not. It's, Every believer. This, this power and authority we talk Talking about, I don't want anybody out there thinking, well, that's because you know he's a pastor or he's a teacher or he's a prophet or an evangelist or, or an apostle. No, no, no. This is for every believer. This, and, and I mean every single believer. Everybody who is born again is endued with the kind of power we're yes, talking about here to yes. And look, I don't care if you're six years old. If you're six years old and you come to know Christ, same power is available. Same to you. power. I don't care if you never knew who Christ was and now you're 86 years old and you and you hear this word. That same power is available to you. And it's not a diluted power. It's not like Jesus gave us um the B team power. Come on, come on. We don't have B team. We're not power. on the B team. This, this is this is varsity. This is the starting juice. And this is what he gave us. He I gave us that. he gave us the same every believer has that same power and that same authority to defeat the enemy that is in our own personal lives. Yes. Uh and Jesus knew what those enemies were gonna be. It's the reason why the Bible says, Listen, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Shall prosper. And I love this because the reason that we can confidently repeat that saying is because before that he says, look, I made the man who made the weapon. He says, not only is the weapon not going to prosper, but I can tell you why the weapon is not going to prosper because I made the individual who made the weapon. So I have a much more intimate knowledge than you ever could. I don't care how well you know the weapon. I know the maker of the weapon. Okay. And, and so therefore, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper if you don't do what? If you don't drift off course. I got an example. I think okay. You'll like. All right. Okay. Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. So Nick Saban has come up against several of his coaches. Lots of them. Yep. And he beats them. He beats them. He beats them. He beats them. Because he made them. Because he made them. <laughs> he beats them because they, he made they, them. They ain't got him yet. I think he's 21 and 0. He's he 21 and 0 because even though they studied him, yes. which is what the enemy tried to do to God, mm -hmm. right? He still knows everything he taught them 
plus everything he knows that he didn't teach them. You need to understand. That's why I say I'm not smarter than the devil. If I get out here in the flesh realm and try to play oh, with the gonna devil, he's going to wear me wear out. out. And the truth of it is, is that many of yeah. Nick Saban's coaches, yes. they, they wear other people out. They do. They, they wear do. other people That's out. That's why they get jobs. That's why they get jobs, because <laughs> they wear other people right. out, right? But understand this. the it, God knows everything the mm-hmm. enemy thinks he knows yeah. about him and everything he doesn't know mm-hmm. about him. And that's why if I listen to God, what he's going to do is it's going to allow me to overstep. See, let me tell you something. When you start listening to God, because the rest of that scripture that you said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, goes right back to these verbalizations. Mm-hmm. It says, because with your tongue, yes. you will Come condemn on. it. Come on. See, people, yes. you're running yes. around here saying no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but you ain't told the weapon it ain't got the right to Come prosper. On. Come on. Why, do you have, why does the weapon not yeah. have the right to prosper? Because this word mm-hmm. says that I have authority mm-hmm. over it. Listen. We're not even going to get into the steps. We're about to get up out of here. Yeah. Listen, we're about to get up out of here. But I want to tell you this right here. You got to have an understanding of who you are. Mm-hmm. We're going to end with Hosea 4 and 6 and yeah. John 8 and 32. I'll take 4 and 6. Hosea, okay. you take John okay. 8 and 32, okay. right? It says, my people are destroyed because they rejected knowledge. Mm. I, they they are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they rejected the knowledge. Yeah. Dear hearts, beloved. I beseech you, please do not reject the truth. Mm -hmm. Do not reject the truth. And I think that this is so important to understand. I am not out here telling you that you cannot live what looks like a good life without doing things God's way. We see people all over who seem to be living a good life. What I'm here to tell you is that you will never live your God-given destiny doing it your own way. You will never have authority over demons. You will never have authority mm-hmm. over the cares mm-hmm. of this world if you do not submit mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. But if you submit to God by knowledge, he will feed you and he will literally teach you how to triumph. You will become yeah. a curse breaker in mm-hmm. your family. Yep. Do it. So please don't reject knowledge, yes. right? Don't reject knowledge, right? And you got to understand that knowledge is not just information. Yes. You know, knowledge really is this idea of it's it's almost combined with wisdom. Uh, It is is information, but it's actually using that information correctly. Yes. Uh, And the Bible then says in John chapter eight, uh, verse 32, very simple scripture. It says, and you shall know the truth. And once you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. It doesn't set you free. It It makes makes you free. free. Uh, In other words, what it says there is when you do these things we've talked about, when you understand what Colossians 2, 11 through 15 is saying about what Jesus did for us. When you when you begin to verbalize that, to visualize that, to internalize that, and you begin to repeat that over and over till it gets deep inside of you, till it gets part of your thought life, a part of your, your, your speech life, a part of your heart, and, and you get a, a team of people around you who believe the same thing. When that starts to happen, that thing becomes true for you. Um, the, 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 the reality of it is, is there is but one truth, but, but in reality, we can have things we believe as truth and, and whatever we believe as true is what we are free in. And that's why some people so freely sin, 
because they are they they are they are they are in truth about something that is contrary to the word of God. There wasn't but, why but, that little coach come out and know it. It does, yeah, uh -huh. but 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 he but here's what he says: You shall know, know the, the truth. truth, and how do and once you know the truth, then you got to do Hebrews two and one. You got to make sure that you're being tripped off, and you and that you're and you're being focused on that word. So why you don't? drift off right and then once you do that he said then it will make you free what does it make you free from all that stuff you just listed it you makes you what? free from sickness from disease from depression from defeat from anxiety the truth is what makes me free from that not appeal uh you know not i mean yes you got to have right thinking and all of those things and i'm not i'm not saying that there aren't people who have chemical imbalances or any of those things i'm not i'm not saying what i'm saying though is that once you know the power you have there are some things in your life that are plaguing you that you can absolutely defeat immediately well we we've seen it happen in the testimonies in this ministry sure. people who come to fellowship of champions testimonies of people who and hear me no shade. We believe in counseling. We believe Absolutely. in doctors, all of those Absolutely. things. But literally, we have seen people who have been to multiple counselors, yeah. who, who've been in the process, and then they found a scripture, and they begin to meditate on that scripture, and they begin to see themselves. And they became the scripture. Right, because they were going to counseling, yes. but they saw themselves as broken. Yes. And then they read the word that they were fearfully and wonderfully yes. made. Yes. And when they begin to take that as true, it began to break what counseling couldn't break. Absolutely. Listen, here's the thing. We know this to be true. You can take a Tylenol for a headache. You didn't actually, your headache didn't stop. It just covered up the headache so right. that you can't feel the headache right. anymore, right? right? And so God doesn't want you to live in pain management. Right. Jesus has died for you to be free, mm -hmm. not pain management. Yep. So as we wrap up, I want everybody to say this. I am not called to pain management. I am called to freedom. Yep. I am not called to pain management. I am called to freedom. And if you take the word as truth, our spiritual mother says, she says, don't just meditate on it, medicate on medicate it, medicate on, on it, word. take the word like medicine, yep. friend, what ails you, whatever ails you, take the word like medicine. Mm -hmm. And what will happen is that it will begin to break what was on your and we all have testimonies on right Absolutely. one of our one of my favorite testimonies about us is that we both used to have a rage issue like mm -hmm. we were ragers okay like we didn't get mad we were ragers right and people who are ragers who are dealing with the spirit of rage because you got to call it what it is it's not right, angry right. it's a spirit of rage you literally can go from zero to a hundred and you don't even know how you got there and sometimes you know that what you raged about is not even that big a deal mm -hmm. and years ago we went i was pregnant with caleb and we went we have been we have been doing the word we have been trying to manage you know we knew that nobody should get as upset as we got all of that different stuff right and we went to um, a, a, a a pastor's retreat right mm -hmm. and he began to teach about the freedom that we had in christ mm -hmm. right and he began to share his testimony about how he used to deal with rage mm -hmm. and he said listen here in a swim pool in a hotel yep. he said listen everybody in who portland, did, oregon. In portland <laughs> oregon he says everybody who deals with the spirit of rage i want you to come and i want you to be baptized yeah. and he gave us what to meditate on before yeah. we got there he said i want you to imagine going down with rage and coming up without it and here's the thing we had been baptized before we had been so baptized sometimes before. what hinders people from getting free is their unwillingness to do something new 
Mo, you know, when, when I, when, I mean, we had an opportunity to go, well, we already been baptized, blah, blah. We was like, look. It was people who with us who yes. wouldn't do it. And we were like, look, we don't care that we've been baptized before. We know what issues we got. This man has has taught a word that has resonated with our, with our spirit and with our soul, our, our natural thinking. We about to do this again. And we did. And we did. And I was telling somebody the other day, honest to goodness, I know the spirit of rage was broken off of my life yeah. because I don't even have the ability to get that mad yeah. anymore. That's how I know that madness wasn't mine to begin right. with. It was something right. else that was right. influencing right. me. I have had things that have been much worse happen since that, since that thing. Mm -hmm. I don't have the ability to get that mad. Mm -hmm. What happened? The word made you me made free. free. It made, it, made it broke those yes. shackles. Yes. And so what we want to see is we want to, we don't want to see you learning how to be a good Christian and be able to say blessed and highly favored at church. We want you to be at peace in your home. At, I'm and, sorry, I, I, no, I, I just think one of the reasons that we use that, we stress the word to be made free or that the truth will make you free is I heard, and I don't even know who it was now, I'd give him credit, but I heard a pastor talk about that one time and he talked about being made free and he said think about when you make a cake from scratch right mm, he said mm. you got flour you got sugar you got milk you got eggs or all, all of these ingredients right he says but when you put all of those ingredients Ooh, together he says you put all of those ingredients together and you bake that cake no matter what you do you could never go back and separate those ingredients as separate again and so for me, when I, because I used to always read, the, I used to, all, I didn't read it. I always heard people say the, the, the truth shall set you free. And I used to quote that the set you free, but, but he, it was like, no, it doesn't set you free. It makes you free. It's like making a cake. Once Christ does what he does in your life, you can't go back and separate all of that stuff out into individual pieces again. That's how permanently what he does for us is a done deal. It can't be undone. So when he That's made so when he made us free from rage, we haven't had that issue since. Because he made us something he else. Made us something he made else. us something else. We, it's, it's like you take sugar, oil, eggs, flour, whatever, and when you put it together, it becomes something else. And we became something else. And I believe there are some people this morning, after hearing this word, they want God to make them something, something else. else. I believe they want to ask God to make them something else, make them a people who who trust and believe God so much that they're willing to to to, to go to the end of their faith and still keep trusting God, knowing that he's going to rescue them. Uh, it's just a, it's just a powerful thing. Today is Resurrection Sunday. It is a time where we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is it is a paramount time. In, for, for Christians all yes, over the world, all over the world, because we celebrate the thing that separates us from every other um, call it religion, beliefs, whatever you want to call it. It's because our God made a promise to us that was then broken. And then he got it back again through his son, Jesus Christ, and then gave us all of that power. And the Bible says that he, he, he made preparation for us before Jesus was ever, before Jesus ever was slain. It was already a way for us. And he's still doing it. He's still doing it. You thinking today is, is, is what, April 4th, 2021. And you're thinking, oh, but I got all the rest of this time. How many mistakes am I going to make for the rest of this year? I don't know. What I do know is that God has a way of escape for every single one of them. A way of and escape. Even if you make them, he's got a way to get you back to him. That's what kind of God we serve.
Amen. I want to challenge you this week as we get ready to do the offering. If you want to de- rededicate your life to the Lord, if you want to become a belief, um, become a first time believer, accept Jesus as your personal savior, want to become a virtual partner. I want to challenge you practically what you can do this this week. Let's say if you struggle with anxiety, let's say if you struggle with sexual sin, let's say if you struggle with financial issues, I want you to find one scripture this week and I want you to use those steps that we've given you. I want you to begin to verbalize that scripture. One of the things you can do is you can use something called BibleGateway.com and it'll yep. show you all of these places, yep. the translations, and you can find the one that resonates with you the most. So if you struggle with anxiety, you can go find you a scripture on peace. You can begin to verbalize that scripture and then you can begin to visualize that scripture. What do I want you to do? That means literally when you wake up in the morning, when you lay down at night, when you're just sitting waiting on something, I want you to see yourself living that word. Mm-hmm. I want you to see yourself not racing on the inside. Mm-hmm. I want you to see yourself with the ability to discipline your mind and to calm down. I want you to see yourself saying no to the things that God has said no for, right? And then I want you to internalize. I want you to begin to say, no, that's who I am. No, I am a person of peace. No, I am an obedient person, right? And then I want you to do it repetitively. And I promise you, if you will do that consistently, if you will do it for a year, you won't recognize yourself a year Mm, later. If you will do it for a year, you won't recognize. You you were telling me this the other day. Listen, there's so many ways to give. So please give. You know, this is a great ministry. You know that this is a ministry that impacts lives. We have a scholarship fund. You know that even through the pandemic, we have been faithful. We have taken care of all of the people on our payroll. We've helped so many people. Um, I think you said last time we were doing about what? How much a month? Uh, from December, up, we didn't do it. Uh, I don't. I haven't done this month, but about $20,000 a month. About $20,000 a month in benevolence. That's amazing. That's amazing. And that's because of you guys. So give. You know to give. If you're a giver, you know to give. But we were talking about how um, you've been doing this meditation app. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. As part of your Peloton thing. And we, you were talking about how they ask you to steal your mind for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about <laughs> how different, how at a minute yeah. it feels like it feels like forever. It feels like forever. But the thing we were talking about is because when I first started doing that with my soul shift people, right, they really if. I want y'all to hear me, guys. When you can't steal your mind, when you can't tell your mind where to go, it means your mind is undisciplined. Yeah, that's true. It means your mind is undisciplined. Now, let me tell you something. We had all these dogs before this last dog. We've had dogs several times, right? And we didn't realize that the dogs was undisciplined because they own us was undisciplined. <laughs> we didn't realize that. So we had these dogs, Hummer and Bentley, and we were so mad at Hummer and Bentley because they was trifling, but they was really trifling because they own us was trifling. They didn't train them up, right? So then when we got Maggie, we decided we was going to send Maggie to get trained. And Maggie is a much different dog than they are. And it's because Maggie got the tools. Maggie got disciplined. One of the things that the trainer said, he said, listen, you can't let your dog have freelance behavior. What does this have to do with this? If you want to live in victory, Oh, that's good. You can't, can't let, let your, your mind, mind have freelance behavior. Wow. You cannot let the trainer said he wow. said it is your responsibility to, to direct yes. Maggie where she should yes. go. You have to limit her. You have to limit behavior. her freelance behavior. Wow. You have to begin to train. And in the beginning, it was difficult, right? In the beginning, because it's like, oh, she's so cute. She's so cuddly. Oh, we don't want to make her. No, you got to go back to place. No, you have to go back to place. Why? Because she's going to become a big dog and we need her to be able to follow instructions. Your mind is going to become the thing that controls your whole life. Right. You need it to be able to follow instructions. Guys, 
what we're teaching you about meditation, it is to help you get rid of the freelance behavior where your mind takes you where the enemy wants you to go instead of you going where God wants you to that go. That is so good because, you know, the reality of it is, is that when I try, you know, I'm trying to do this meditation, you know, because they've got meditations on the app that go up to like 20 minutes and 45, you know, I'm at the five minute one. Uh, and as I'm sitting there, the first few times I did it and really trying to follow the instruction, I'm thinking, okay, this is almost over. And I opened my eyes up and it was really like a minute and 15 seconds. And I felt like I had been there forever, but it's because I, I, you're right. I, my, it's not that my mind is undisciplined to think about wrong things, but it's undisciplined in the sense that I don't, it's it's always talking and I'm not telling it to be quiet. It's, it's obeying me. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm really working on this. I didn't think about it in those terms until you just said it. But really, that's that's what's happening, because if you want if you want to be able to 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 sit and hear God, sometimes you got to be able to quiet the noise. Uh, and, and that's through meditation. But if you can only hear God in a minute and 15 second span, <laughs> you know, that, that that's all you're going to get. You got to cut out the freelance <laughs> behavior, right? Behavior. So that's good. So that's we good. love you guys. Listen, that's call good. your mamas, your grandmamas, your big mamas, your aunties. Listen, if you got some older people in your family, call them today. Listen, older people love to get calls on holidays. Call them, say hello to them. They probably won't even talk that long. Next year, we're going to be hopefully in person. Person. We will have some Easter speeches. Some Easter speeches. We, we ain't had no Easter speeches <laughs> in a while. And an Easter egg hunting. Yes, we know Jesus didn't have Easter eggs, but we like them, especially the ones we can't. All right. We love you guys. We want you to have an amazing day. We want you to come to all of the services this week. And listen, those of you, I want to see it right quick, right? Those of you who are committing to do this exercise of practicing this word, finding at least one scripture, I want to see your name in the comments. Y'all may not believe this, but Pastor Edwin and I go back through the week we and we read, we read all it. of the we comments, right? So I want to see it before you go. Pastor Sean, Pastor Edwin, I am committed to do this. I'm going to find one scripture and I'm going to use these instructions. You I'm can just say, I'm committed. We'll I'm know, committed. We'll know what that I'm means. committed. I'm you committed. I'm committed. Verbalization, visualization, internalization, and repetition. I'm going to cut out the freelance behavior in my mind. I'm going to work on that's what, that's what I'm working on. I knew see that right now, there. I'm going to work on because you know, because I'm competitive, right? Uh -huh. I, I am. I'm just competitive. So you are. I am going to get to a full. The month that you, you said April is action month. Mm -hmm. I am going to get to a full functioning 10 minute meditation. 10 minutes? By the end of April. By the end of April? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to check. If I have take to, this journey if, with you. If I have to fast to do it, because my mind is not going to be running around acting like an undisciplined Maggie. <laughs> no, listen, but I want y'all to hear this because Pastor Edwin just gave you a breakthrough right here. Number one, you have to get competitive about your freedom, yep. not towards other people and say, I'm, did you hear what this dude said? He said, if I got to go on a fast mm -hmm. in order to stop my brain from having so much freelance behavior, I'm willing to do that because what I'm not willing to do is to sit here and realize that I cannot make my brain mm -hmm. be quiet for an, mm -hmm. a minute and 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. That's not acceptable to me. You have to begin to become a person who says, I, if I got to fast, if I got to pray, if I got to get up early. Early. If I got to not watch TV for a month, yeah. I don't care. What I know is the way that I have previously been tormented and manipulated by the enemy. That's come to an end on this Resurrection mm -hmm. Sunday. Mm -hmm. I love y'all. I love y'all. Have an I'm amazing committed. week. You I'm committed? committed? I'm committed. You go check in I, with them. You go tell them how it's going? I, I can, but I mean, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to do it. I ain't worried about them. I ain't doing it for them. I'm going to do it for me. But you still should sure, update I, them. Sure, I, can, I can update them, babe. <laughs> he done got all in competitive mode alright we love y'all we're getting out of here have an amazing day call somebody you love stay safe 
Keep your mask on. Keep social distancing. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> Wash your hands. And we love y'all and have an amazing week. Oh, and just as a reminder, for those of you in Northwest Arkansas, uh, remember, we are partnering with St. James Baptist Church. And today, from 12 to 4, from 12 to 4, if you're interested in getting the one-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine, uh, you can go to our webpage. I think you still have to register. Uh, I don't know if all the spots are filled. I know that they had a big clinic earlier in the week down in Fayetteville, and they were concerned that a lot of the doses was going to go unused because people weren't coming. And so they were just letting people just come on and just show up. So if you have been wanting to get the one shot, the one shot Johnson and Johnson vaccine, it is the one that we got. Uh, I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying if you want to get the one shot, uh, Walmart has partnered with St. James and we've partnered with St. James to help get the word out. It's going to be taking place at St. James Missionary Baptist Church in Fayetteville today from 12 to 4. So if you're in the local area, uh, Northwest Arkansas, Washington, Benton County, um, or close enough to drive, Fort Smith or wherever, um, check into that if you want to get that shot. And do us a favor. Go and find it either on our page or on St. James page and put it on your page because you know people who may be looking for the vaccine and we want to try to get as many people vaccinated as want to be vaccinated, yeah. right? Hold on. Keyshawn said something. What she said? No, she said it's April 11th. It's not today. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's April, April 11th. 11th. So then I'm, my, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I got my dates myself. It's April the 11th. And so therefore, you still have time to, to register. register. You still have time to register. I, uh, it's next Sunday. Tasha, yeah. if you're watching this, I told you wrong. I told you it was today. It's not. It's the 11th. That's the only other person I think I told it was today. Uh, so it's April 11th. Thank you, Keyshawn, for correcting me on that. April 11th uh, is from 12 to 4. And you still have time then to go and register uh, to get that shot done then. All right. That's because you're always early. I'm always. always. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. It's <laughs> April 11th. Please share it. Get people registered who you know want to be registered. Go if that's what you so want. That's to do. next Sunday, right? Next Sunday, next Sunday twelve next to four, Saint James Baptist Church. We'll announce it again, but go and look it up if you want to go and get signed up. All right, y'all have a great <laughs> week. Love y'all. Bye bye.